Today, we are thankful. We give thanks to God for His love, His mercy, and His faithfulness. We give thanks for family and friends, life and laughter, and the little things which bring joy to our lives. We give thanks for our circumstances, even when they're difficult. For we know the hand of God guides us through it all. But what if we remembered thankfulness every day? What if we lived in a constant state of gratitude? Would our lives be different? Would our faith be strengthened? Would the things of God permeate every aspect of our lives? The Bible tells us to give thanks in everything. What would life look like if we actually live that out? Today, we are reminded of all we have to be thankful for. May that gratitude move our hearts and cause us to make every day Thanksgiving. Great to see you, Purpose Church. One of the things I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving is you, my church family. What a blessing you are. What a joy you are uh, to pastor and, and be your pastor. You make it fun. And, and you bless me in so many ways. Love you so much. Happy four days before Thanksgiving. Can you believe it? Here we are. And we're going to have a great time in God's Word uh, today. Just one a quick request before we get into today's study. If you didn't get a chance, I mentioned this last uh, week online, but let me just mention it again. If you didn't get a chance to uh, either go to one of our Building for Generations 150th campaign uh, dessert fellowships that we had in September and October. And in addition to that, you weren't able to catch my sermon from a couple of Sundays ago on building for generations in the wilderness. I really would encourage you to go online to purposechurch.com uh, slash campaign. And if you could go to that on our website and watch some of the uh, options there, it'll catch you up on the vision uh, so we can all be moving in the same direction and we can all be on the same page. Uh, there is a 40-minute version talking about our Building for Generations campaign, a 40-minute version, a 14-minute version, a 4-minute version, and a 90-second version. I want to just tell you that 90-second version is well worth checking out. Uh, if you have particular uh, interest in the worship center renovations, I know a lot of questions about that, a lot of anticipation and excitement about that. What I'd suggest that you do is uh, watch the first four minutes of the 14-minute option, which is our staff panel uh, discussion. And the whole 14 minutes is great, but the first four minutes, you'll have visuals as our uh, pastor of media, Peter Wilson, kind of takes you through the worship center and shows you what exactly it's going to look like. And so I encourage you just to, to catch as much of it as you can by going there to purposechurch.com slash campaign. And I really pray that God will move your heart. Uh, to be supportive of this, and we could just see this vision happen of uh, putting ourselves in a perfect position to reach future generations, the current generation, and future generations for Christ, and to see everyone everywhere following Jesus. Now, today we're coming out of the home stretch in our fall series in the wilderness. And so far, we've looked at tabernacling in the wilderness and miracles in the wilderness and complaining in the wilderness and the Sabbath and comparisons, a mighty name in the wilderness, blessings, fear, 
building for generations in the wilderness and temptation in the wilderness. And today we come to Thanksgiving in the wilderness. Uh, You all know how I love quotes and uh, forgive me, I'm going to give you a bunch of them right now. Uh, Here are 10 of my favorite quotes on Thanksgiving and it could be double or triple that because there are just so many great things that people have said about gratitude and being thankful and about Thanksgiving. But these are 10 of my favorites. The first one is by Bethany Hamilton. And she's the young lady that had her left arm bitten off in a shark attack. And yet she still overcame that to return to professional surfing. And she says, strive to find things to be thankful for. This is a girl who had her arm bit off by a shark. She says, find things to be thankful for. She's a wonderful uh, Christian young lady, follower of Jesus, passionate follower of Christ, and just look for the good in who you are. Uh, Chief Tecumseh said, when you arise in the morning, give thanks for the food and for the joy of living. If you see no reason for giving thanks, the fault lies only in yourself. I love this Vietnamese uh, proverb. It says, when eating fruit, remember the one who planted the tree. Uh, One of the writers from antiquity, Epictetus, said he is a wise man who does not grieve for the things which he has not, but rejoices for those which he has. Uh, I love this next one. Maya Angelou uh, said this, a wonderful day. I've never seen this one before. Wouldn't that be great? Every morning we wake up and say, this is a wonderful day. Why? I've never seen this particular day before. Uh, Robert Brault, I like this one. Enjoy the little things, for one day you may look back and realize that they were the big things. Here's an Estonian proverb. Who does not thank for little will not thank for much. And then Harry uh, uh, A. Ironsides, a tremendous preacher, tremendous preacher, Moody Bible Church in, in Chicago, We would worry less if we praised more. Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontent and dissatisfaction. And then Hannah Whitehall Smith says, The soul that gives thanks can find comfort in everything. The soul that complains can find comfort in nothing. And then I really like this final quote. Brene Brown says, What separates privilege from entitlement is gratitude. That's that's good, isn't it? That's what protects us from a spirit of entitlement is gratitude. What separates privilege from entitlement is gratitude. So the first thing we're going to look at is a willing heart of, of gratitude. And this is just a great, great story. Remember last Sunday when we finished up, uh, the Israelites were worshiping the golden calf. But today is the exact opposite. Today is absolutely amazing. It's rare in uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, because this time the Israelites actually obey God, not just obey Him, they obey Him enthusiastically. Uh, They're going to have their own Building for Generations campaign as they build the tabernacle in the wilderness. Let's pick it up with verse 4 of chapter 35. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord, everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze. 
blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen, goat, goat hair, ramskins dyed red and another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and the breastpiece. Now, this is an unusual list of building materials, very different from the building materials stacked out here uh, today in our uh, parking lot in preparation to go inside as we continue the renovations of our worship center. And it's an unusual list of building uh, materials, but they need each one of these things in order to build the tabernacle. Now, they were slaves in Egypt. So how in the world did they get a hold of all these expensive things that, that, that's in that in that list. Well, we go back to Exodus chapter 12 when they left uh, Egypt after the 10 plagues. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country for otherwise they said, we will all die. They wanted them out of there. Get out of here because of this judgment of God for the way that Pharaoh was treating and the Egyptians were treating the nation of Israel. Uh, skipping down to verse 35, the Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, just the kind of things that's in that list. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them what they asked for, so they plundered the Egyptians. Isn't that an interesting phrase? Not through battle and conquering them, but God bringing them to their knees. And then they turn and, and almost as an offering to God, they give this to the nation of Israel instead. And so in a sense, uh, God used the, the plagues to plunder the Egyptians and the uh, Israelites got the, the spoils of war without ever having to go to war. So they gave to build the tabernacle what God had already given them. They simply gave to build the tabernacle uh, they're building for generations campaign of 1400 BC. They gave to it out of what God had already given to them. Paul writes to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, not under undue pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, it's not just giving what we have, but it's also giving what we do, uh, giving what you, what you do and also uh, what you have. Exodus 35, verse 10, all who are skilled among you, uh, and everyone has different gifts. We all have different gifts and abilities that God has given to us. And, and everybody has uh, something, some skill that God has given them. It's figuring out what that skill is and then using that to serve other people and to serve God. All who are skilled among you are to come and make everything that the Lord has commanded. You know, two of our core values here at Purpose Church, first of all, the one you hear regularly that we talk about is generous people transform the world. And then there's another one, everyone is designed to serve. Uh, let me now give you two examples of serving 
and one opportunity for you to serve. Uh, this past week, a team from our church uh, packaged almost 400,000 meals for Nicaragua. Think about that for a moment. This team from our church put together 400, 000, almost 400,000 meals for Nicaragua through gleanings for the hungry in Danuba, uh, California. And this coming week, another of our teams is going to deliver a Thanksgiving meal to 200 families in need here in the city of Pomona. They've been identified for us uh, by Pomona Unified School District. And so whether it's feeding people in Nicaragua, whether it's feeding people in the city of Pomona, uh, this is what we're called to do. Now, let me give you an opportunity uh, to serve as we prepare in the weeks ahead to reach many people for Jesus in our community um, during the Christmas season. We're just going to have, this is the best season of the year to invite people uh, to church, to one of our services. Well, we need as many uh, yellow shirts, we call them here. They're the ones that volunteer uh, to welcome our guests. And we meet, need as many of these yellow shirts as we can get. Actually, during the holidays, uh, you will be red shirts, and, you, and you'll get a, a, a cool uh, for free. If you're on our holiday red shirt team uh, or on our regular yellow shirt team, you get a cool T-shirt. How's that? Uh, we especially need people at the 1130 service or those that go to the 10 o'clock service that can wait for a few minutes and help with those that come to the 1130 service uh, before you, you go home. So what I ask you to do is just go to PurposeChurch.com slash volunteer. And there you can sign up, uh, particularly during the Christmas season, uh, to be a greeter, to welcome. You're, you're the first face they see. Uh, the, the fa you're the face of Jesus in many cases. Maybe pe people are coming to our campus. We have people regularly show up that have never been to a church before. You're, you're the first Jesus that they will ever see. And, and what a great opportunity that is. I've told you before how many times that research has shown that people decide if they're going to come back to a church well before the praise music and the sermon, well before the sermon, because they're asking the question, are there people here that are like me? Are there people here that like me and that will care about me? That's the main question they're asking even before they get uh, to the music and, and to the sermon. So really hope you'll help us out during the Christmas season in that way. Okay, let's go back to verse 20 now. Then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence. And everyone who was willing and whose heart was moved, do you see the repetition of that theme throughout this passage, throughout this story? Everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting for all its service and for the sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings. See, these are all what the Egyptians had. They were the wealthiest country up in world history until that time. They were the wealthiest of that time and probably wealthier than any church until that time. Uh, they all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. So what God had given them, they in turn turn around and give to God. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings, and ornaments, and they presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. And then there are three groups that are specifically uh, mentioned. The first group that are mentioned in, in verse 25 and 26 
is the women. It says in verse 25, every skilled woman spun with her hands and brought what she had spun, blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen. And all the women who were willing and had the skill spun the goat hair. <laughs> I don't know why that phrase seems funny to me, but spun the, spun the goat hair. All the women who were willing, had a willing heart, and they had the skill, the ability uh, to do it, they spun uh, the goat hair. You know, there's a group in our church called Dress a Girl Around the World, in which they make dresses for girls all around the world who these girls may have never had a new dress, a brand new dress before. Uh, this past Tuesday, they passed another milestone making uh, dress number 4,000. They, they made their 4,000th uh, dress uh, to go all around the world. Uh, they took a skill that they had and they combined it with a willing heart and they used it to bless other people. Uh, so the first group that's specifically called out here is the women. Then the second group that is singled out are the leaders, uh, verse 27. The leaders brought onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and the breastpiece. They also brought spices and olive oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. Now, uh, the word leaders, if we, if we go back to that verse, go back to verse 27 for a second. This word leaders in the Hebrew, it, it could refer uh, to Israel's elders, to their spiritual leaders. However, the term seems, in the original Hebrew, it seems to refer more generally to leaders in the community who presumably had more resources. The, the, these are the people that, that had a, a bit more. They were leaders in the community. They had higher incomes. They, they had more resources in order to make the most costly contributions to the tabernacle. So those who had the most were expected to give the most. Uh, those who had the most were expected to give the most, but everyone was expected to give something, okay? Not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. So the leaders who had the most resources, they were expected to give the most, but everybody was expected to give something, which leads us to the third group, which was the all who were willing, all who were willing group, verse 29. All the Israelite men and women, who were willing, all who were willing, brought to the Lord free will offerings for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do. Uh, Peter writes in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in all of its various forms. Uh, Philip Ryken uh, writes about this passage says, generous giving can only come from a new heart, a heart transformed by the grace of God. Generosity is a form of gratitude, and gratitude is the heart's response to grace. We see this in the Israelites. They were so grateful for what God had done for them, delivering them from Egypt, sparing them from the angel of death, and giving them his holy law, that they wanted to do something for him in return. What opened their hearts to give was God's saving grace. Now, the Israelites had built many buildings, but none of them like the tabernacle, none of them like this. Uh, the other buildings they had built were all over Egypt, but this one was in the wilderness. 
Uh, the other ones were built on the back of slaves in Egypt. But this one was built with free hands, again, in the desert, in the wilderness. The others were built with rock and stone, but this one was built with their own treasures that they had willingly given. Uh, the other buildings that the Israelites built were for the glory of Pharaoh, but this one was for the glory of God. Uh, the others were built for the Egyptian gods, but this one was designed by God to tell his story of salvation to the world. And you know that by the grace of God is what our Building for Generations campaign is all about. We're, we're building in order to tell the God's story of salvation to the world. That's what it's all about, whether it's the worship center or, or one of the other buildings. The worship center is the one that's being renovated right now by the grace of God. By the grace of God, it will be used to by God to tell his story of salvation to people in our community, in our city, our valley, uh, and all places around the world as well. You know, up to 130 countries at certain times have tuned in to our uh, broadcasts that come uh, online, that come out of this building. We're building something to share God's story of salvation to the world, just like they built the tabernacle to tell God's story of salvation to the world. And then uh, the rest of the passage talks about artists at work. Artists at work. Uh, continuing in verse 30. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. Let's hold this there for a moment. He has filled him with the Spirit of God. Do you know this is the first time in the Bible that someone is said to be filled with God's Spirit? The first time in the Bible it's mentioned that God poured His Holy Spirit, filled somebody with His Holy Spirit, was with somebody that was doing construction, somebody that was an artist, somebody that had mechanical ability. This should be a great encouragement uh, to any of you that are involved in the arts or involved in the construction trades or who has mechanical ability because it shows that some people are called by God to build, to fix, and, and, to, and to be artists. Now, I want to confess to you, I have zero artistic ability. I mean, truly zero. I mean, those of you that have mechanical ability, uh, that have ability in construction, uh, the, uh, that have artistic ability, that is just like, that is as complicated as nuclear physics to me. I'm, I'm just telling you, you, you are my heroes. I, I admire you so much because I have none of it. Uh, let me demonstrate. Here's a self-portrait of Rembrandt. Uh, here's a self-portrait of Vincent van Gogh. Here's a self-portrait of the famous uh, Dutch uh, artist, Judith Leister. And here's a self-portrait of Glenn Gunders. <laughs> Notice the attention to detail, the brush strokes. Notice the specific use of the color palette, uh, the use of, of shadows. <laughs> this is what I got. But many of you have so, have a high calling of being artists 
or the construction trades or, or things mechanical. And, and those of you that are called to be an artist by God should be an artist. Uh, we pick it up now with verse 32. You should make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. Those of you with artistic ability to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And he has given both him and Aholiabab, son of Ahishamach of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. Let's hold it there for a second. Not just the ability to do art or to do construction or, or mechanically, uh, mechanical things, but the ability to teach others how to do that as well. The ability to teach others is, is, is just a wonderful gift that God gives some people. Now moving on to verse 35. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. You know, whenever I see the workmen gather here for the Building for Generations uh, renovations, I, I always just say, thank you for what you're doing. And I admire what they're doing so much because I couldn't do any of it. So Bezalel, Aholiabab, and every skilled person whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. And when everybody does their part, when everyone does their part, the, the tabernacle is built with more than enough. When everybody says, Here, here's, here, here's what I'm going to give uh, uh, financially, or here's what I'm going to give in the skills that God has given me to serve, whether it's greeting somebody at a service or packing meals for Nicaragua or whether it's feeding a, a family on Thanksgiving in the, in the city of Pomona. Uh, whenever we just say, you know what, here, whether it's sewing a dress for a little girl somewhere um, in Zimbabwe or, or Tanzania or, or Zambia, when everybody does their part, then the tabernacle is built with more than enough. Uh, chapter 36 now, verse 2. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiabab and every skilled person whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. Isn't this a wonderful thing? These are the people that last time we saw them last Sunday were worshiping the, the golden calf. But now God's got a hold of their hearts. Uh, they're broken before him. They've asked God for forgiveness. He's forgiven them. And because of the grace of God, this is how they respond. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order, and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more. God's got a hold of their hearts. They, Aaron couldn't restrain them from making an idol and, and, and worshiping an idol. Moses couldn't restrain them last time we saw him last Sunday 
from doing that evil. But now God's changed their heart. He's, they've repented. They've changed their direction. And now Moses can't stop them from giving out of gratitude because of the of thanksgiving in the wilderness, because of the amazing grace of God that brought them through the Red Sea and, and brought them to this point out of Egypt. Because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. And so Moses stops them and restrains them from giving because they were so enthusiastic because of a heart filled with thanksgiving. Because God had rescued them from Egypt, because God had brought them through the Red Sea, because God had met their needs in the desert, they responded with thanksgiving in the wilderness. And in the same way as we go through our time of wilderness, whether it's in our personal lives or in our community, in our nation over the last couple of years, in the same way as God has brought us through this time, as God has saved us by Jesus' death on the cross and He rose from the grave with grateful hearts this Thanksgiving for all that God has done for us. We, the people of God, followers of Jesus, we respond to His amazing grace by praising Him, by obeying Him, by serving Him, and by giving to Him. Happy Thanksgiving, Purpose Church. I love you, I'm thankful for you, and I praise God for you.